Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the HR Sessions podcast. Uh, my name is Sydney Evans, and I'm here with Holly Reeser. And then Joshua Hudson, who is our guest for today. And we are so, so excited to have him here today. Um, I'll read his bio in a second, but I just want to say, you know, he's a recent grad from IU. Um, I mean, we had a couple HR management classes together, which is really, really fun. And he's even come back to support, you know, the O'Neill Career Hub in a, in a panel that we did a year ago. Well, more than a year ago when we were in person and, you know, could interact that way. Um, but to introduce Joshua, um, he is born and raised in Bloomington. And like I said, he graduated from IU with an HR management degree with a focus in organizational innovation and leadership theory. Following his graduation, he began a career at NSWC Crane Division as a contact, excuse me, as a contract specialist and was selected after a year to a two-year department of the Navy HR development program as an HR specialist. When he's not working, he enjoys volunteering with local youth, investing in real estate and consulting with local startups. Welcome, Joshua. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, I say we can go ahead and dive into the questions. I know Holly has a fun one to start off with. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, no, I'm excited that we're starting to implement some fun questions in the, <laughs> the podcast. So the one for today, um, if you could buy a car right now, what would you buy? Josh, you can go ahead and start. And it's like completely free, like any amount of money. It's just whatever your dream car is. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think I think because we got so much snow in Indiana this week, I'm gonna say a four wheel drive truck. Uh, let's say Toyota Tacoma, four wheel there drive, so I can go anywhere and everywhere and have fun <laughs> in the snow. Oh yeah, that would be my dream job or my dream car right now. <laughs> that would definitely be helpful as like these last few weeks have just been insane with all the snow. <laughs> I mean, I'm usually like a snow person. But now that I have to, like, rely on myself to, like, get around and, like, I'm actually, like, being an adult, I, like, don't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that fun. Um, Holly, what about you? What's What kind of car would you buy? So my dream car, well, hopefully it will be my next car in a few years. Um, nice. I want, like, an all-matte black uh, Jeep Cherokee. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I can see that, Holly. I can definitely see you like post on your Instagram with that car. That'd be super cool. Well, you already know. You already know. <laughs> okay. I said I'm going a completely different route. So, well, okay. I have a dream car. I have two dream cars, I guess. So, my first one, which I would never ever be able to get, is a Tesla. I think those are really cool. But also, I'm like, I don't know. Elon Musk isn't my favorite person, so I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But then my other one would be like a Volkswagen Beetle. I think they're just like the cutest car in existence. And I would love like a pastel green one. That's my favorite color. So I think that would be um, my car. Um, <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys ever played that game where like if you see a Volkswagen, you, you say slug bug. And then yes. the mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> My boyfriend and I do that. And we are like, we're too competitive about it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's good for our relationship. Cause like, we'll always be on the lookout. Um, so it's always fun to do that. But to getting into the, I guess the more serious questions, but still very, very fun. Um, Joshua, I really want to talk more about like how you ended up in your HR specialist position. So like, I know you've always wanted to like be in HR. That's really like your passion, but it didn't happen 
right away. So if you just want to talk kind of about your journey, just right after college, go into a little more detail, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So I was a late bloomer in the HR uh, (laughs) management degree. I actually Mm -hmm. did not change to that major till the end of my junior year. Okay. Um, So I didn't go, you know, start college with that like vision or the passion. I didn't even know really HR existed. Once I got into all my, you know, SPIA credits and and those classes, I was able to take the HR, um, just the general HR management class with Cheryl. And that Mm -hmm. kind of opened my eyes to what is HR, you know, at a broad, you know, high level. Um, And that's when I realized that's that's where I wanted to start my career, at least, you know, try to. So Mm -hmm. coming out of school, I was finishing um, courses in the summer because, I, you know, after switching majors so late, you have to do a little bit extra. So I was doing a summer worth of classes and then I had to accomplish an internship um, within HR. So I did that. I, I recruited as hard as I could um, my senior mm-hmm. year to get that, you know, that offer um, just so that I could get any sort of experience, obviously, to, to get to know what is HR, you know, in a practical sense, but also, um, you know, check the boxes, get my get my degree and then, you know, hopefully start a career. So um, I said yes to the job that I that I got the contract specialist position after applying for places pretty much my entire senior year. It was um, nonstop, just polishing the resume, working with professors. Um, I've, I've listened to a few of the podcasts and just the, the process of learning how to like develop the language that I wanted to use and, and learning how to articulate my skill set and all that stuff. Um, that was all like a constant process. Um, and it is an ongoing process, obviously. But yeah. um, for me, it was... <laughs> the, the the most simple thing that I that I kind of just I, I guess fall back on um, was just sending out applications like if mm-hmm. if I thought I was qualified or if I didn't like it was important to me to eat, at least throw my you know my name in the ring yeah so that I could have the chance if you know if anything to get a response from the company or to gain experience doing interviews um, to start to build a little bit of a network um, for me volume was kind of the strategy so. Mm-hmm. I yeah at first I was like trying to be more like filtered I guess in what jobs I would look at or apply to and then I realized halfway through it's like okay there are a million companies out there and there's obviously going to be you know a lot of opportunities but if I don't put my name in the ring um, early and often I may not be ready when the job that I actually do end up getting is presented you know Mm -hmm. so I wanted to get as many reps as possible through the the search process um so that I could, you know, hone in on how I articulated who I am to an employer, to someone that you're meeting for the first time um, in an interview. Um, so, yeah, I said yes to the opportunity at Crane during my internship um, that summer after um, my senior year and really said yes, not knowing a ton about the position itself. Um, I was familiar with Crane. Crane is, uh, if you're not familiar, it's a naval base uh, just south of Bloomington by about 40, 50 minutes in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um we have a ton of research and development, super smart scientists, mathematicians, and engineers who work for the Department of Defense. And obviously that, um, you know, the research and development and all the infrastructure requires a strong business team. So one of the business teams within that um, support um, group was the contracts team. So we help get contracts on the table to um, bring in private sector companies to help with the tasking, the level of effort, uh, basically, so that we can accomplish the mission, um, which was supporting our warfighter. 
So mm-hmm. that's a long-winded answer <laughs> to a very simple thing. But I think the one-sentence summary is I said yes without knowing much, knowing that I could do it and learn what I was doing and, you know, kind of navigate from there. Like I didn't have to have the the clear vision or a full understanding to get started. Um, just mm-hmm. saying yes and diving in. Yeah, I say I, I feel like I can relate to that. And I feel like that's like an important kind of lesson for our listeners, you know, um, sometimes it can be scary just like diving into something. But like, as you can see for Joshua, like it worked out, um, I guess to relate that to me and Holly, like, um, I guess this was more when Holly wasn't as involved, but it can still relate to her. But for Human Resource Association, I remember when we first started, we were like, really stressed about it. And it was a big challenge. And I forget the quote exactly, I need to find it because it really is a fantastic quote. But yeah, it literally was about just like, taking on the challenge and not being afraid. Um, so I just love that advice. And I feel like um, it's really beneficial for anyone, whether they're trying to find a job or internship right now, or whether they're just like, a seasoned HR professional that is, you know, trying to take on more opportunities. Um, so thank you for that. And then, sorry, just a quick question. Um, what was your major before you were in HR? I had not exactly decided. So, gotcha. um, and this might be relevant to someone who's getting started in school or doesn't really know where they're coming uh, or going with it. Um, I started at Ivy Tech. Um, okay. the, the decision was purely financial. I didn't want to spend, you know, my hard-earned money without knowing, a, you know, clearly what I wanted to study yet. So I mm-hmm. went ahead and did all the gen eds for two years, went through that whole process and then transferred. So coming into IU, I knew SPIA was the direction I wanted to go um, based on the programs they offered. So I had, I was kind of bouncing between nonprofit management, management just as itself. And then I didn't know HR was on the table. But once I took a, you know, I took classes in each of those um, kind of industries or majors, um, and that's where I selected HR, mainly because of uh, just the passion and the energy of the professors um, in the department. So I obviously had Cheryl as my as my first professor, and mm-hmm. I sat in her office a few times that semester, <laughs> just picking her brain. And she would bring people in, like Dan Grunman and other professors, mm-hmm. Chris Trader, um, to you know talk to me about what the HR program at IU looked like and just the energy that they brought to to their. Um, the field of HR was something I wanted to be a part of. So that's kind of how I decided and honed in on HR. But before that, I, I just knew I, I enjoyed business growing up. I, I ran a couple companies in high school, just small little side hustles and always enjoyed that. Um, and as I went through college, I realized I really enjoyed working with people, um, helping people um, start to finish, you know, on their professional journey, especially in college, you learn how to time manage, you learn how to say yes and no to opportunities, you learn how to represent yourself um, as an individual, but also, you know, you go seek opportunities to be a part of like campus organizations and get involved in leadership and all that. And HR was kind of at the intersection of a lot of those interests that I had. So um, yeah, that's where that's where I landed mm-hmm. for that, that reason. No, I think it's great that um, the things that you touched on, because it just goes perfectly into the next question. But a couple of things. Um, One, I think it's awesome that we're able to have you as a guest because you are like the closest to our age on the show and everything (laughs) you're saying is like very relevant. Um, So like, especially for like any audience that's tuning in that may be a student, like it's very helpful and relevant because all these majors are currently there. Um, And it's awesome to kind of touch on like the ones that you were looking at and how they tie into HR. 
um, I think it's great because a lot of things are transferable over to that major. So I thought that was um, a really good point to kind of kind of touch on. Um, and also, just with the HR program at IU, um, I really can't say like enough good things about it. So you know, as you were saying, you know, the saving money aspect, like that's so helpful. Um, but at the same time, like, it's nice because at IU, you're paying for a great program and with a lot of professors who really want to see you succeed. So that's really awesome. Um, but, you know, transferring into this next question here, um, how did you take your skills and transfer them um, into your current role? So, you know, the role that you had as a contract specialist, how did you take that away and apply it to an HR role? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give a quick like context to what that job was. So obviously with the government spending a lot of money to get contractors in the door so that they can help us perform the services, a lot of the position was navigating relationships between, you know, government personnel who were kind of making the decisions about what we needed done and then contractors who'd been hired, you know, and awarded those contracts to accomplish the tasking and then basically helping make sure that those contracts, like my job was to make sure those contracts were funded um, and doing all those little admin tasks and kind of keeping the ball rolling between all of the parties at the lowest like admin level, pretty much, you know, on base, which was a really good experience for me. Um, I learned a ton about like, just like owning the actions that you do have. So that was from day one, the the team leader that I had, we worked very, very closely together um, pretty much every day because he had the authority to actually obligate dollars on behalf of the government, which is its own whole thing. But <laughs> he was my direct boss. We'll, we'll keep it simple there. And um, everything I did, he had to approve because, you know, it was going to be his signature at the end of the day. So I, it was learning to navigate, you know, him as a, as a boss and as the government um, personnel representing, um, you know, kind of the money side of things. And then we've got technical, like government technical, like people in leadership who know exactly what needs to be done and they know that like you know all the the tasks that are needing to be accomplished and they know how it all fits together in the bigger picture and then you've got the private sector people who are you know on the floor doing the work reporting to you know a different chain of command altogether and so it was our job to navigate kind of all of those different relationships um and the dynamics that you know the nuances there um just because in acquisitions there's a lot of nuance too you know, how you treat and talk to and thank people and all this. It's, <laughs> it's a headache to think about, but the transferable skills there for me was learning to, you know, be the bridge between something that's incredibly technical that I don't really understand, but also helping the technical people get what they needed accomplished and helping them understand, you know, the legal implications of their actions and words um, there's a lot of legalese that I kind of picked up along the way. And that was a huge transferable skill, especially because my current role is, um, in the equal employment opportunity space. So very heavy in the like legal HR world, which has been, you know, I enjoy so far. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the transferable skills was definitely navigating those relationships, learning how to kind of nudge people, especially like leaders who have way more important things going on than to talk to me at the lowest level. <laughs> um, but learning how to respectfully kind of nudge in and say, yeah, I actually have something that's waiting on your signature. And it's for the thing that you've asked this to accomplish. And it's been a couple of weeks. Like, can you can you please do that? And then we can be you know, we can serve you better. Um, so I learned a lot about like navigating kind of some of those touchier things where it's like, 
maybe I was doing everything I needed to do and someone was just too busy or had way more going on than, you know, what I either could comprehend or understand. Um, so it's learning, you know, to, how to touch and go with, with different groups and leaders. And um, that helped me, like, it helps me like in the day to day now, um, especially as, as I'm in a training rotation, um, working with different teams, uh, both locally and most of what I'm doing with my uh, rotation is remote right now. So I'm working with a team down in New Orleans right now and I report to them. And so navigating all the different groups is going to be relevant, I think, in any position, um, especially early career. But as you go, it's not just who you're working for, but who's working for you. And, you know, you get to take on more responsibilities and learn more uh, about, you know, the business as a whole. So, yeah, that for me, the just owning what you're doing, learning how to bridge those gaps between whether it's language gaps, people just don't know what you're talking about, or I don't know what they're talking about. And, um, and then helping, you know, connect people to the right legal advice. Um, Cause obviously it's like, you know, we're not lawyers in HR. We're not necessarily always going to be the ones with the right answer, but putting the people in contact with who they need to um, kind of look to, mm-hmm. that's, that's been a big thing for mm-hmm. me. No, that is awesome because I think a lot of people um, don't realize that a lot of their experiences, whether they're related to HR or not, um, can definitely be transferable. So like the point where you said bridging the gap and like, providing resources like that is literally human resources and it's so funny because that's used every day in a lot of different jobs so um, I know sometimes my friends will ask about my major and what I do um, and then you know they kind of talk about what they do and I'm like oh well like this would apply and this would apply like even some psychology things would apply so there's just a lot of different Mm -hmm. things um, that tie into HR and so I'm glad we could touch on that I just wanted to respond to that piece yeah Oh, okay. Hold on. We're going to take a pause real quick because, Sydney, I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks like she may have dropped off. <laughs> we can always go back and edit this. Um, sure. Because, like, I saw her name dropped off the screen, and she said she can hear us, but I cannot hear her. So let's see if she can try to, like, get back on. <laughs> Sorry, we're just having technical technical no. difficulties <laughs> as soon as we're trying to get it done. But <laughs> It happens. That's been, honestly, that's been the the story of the whole last year working working remotely now so i so i was listening to um and we can pick up in a second Mm -hmm, here uh, because it looks like sydney's back on i was listening to your guys's intro where you just like talking through this like start of season two or whatever um with your position have you been remote or have you been in person for this you know the bulk of it i have actually been in person but it's funny because i work at the indie location and we are the only um, people who are in the office that are working on site. So everyone else is remote. So anytime we have a meeting, um, it's always virtual. So it's kind of interesting, okay. but I, I'm glad I'm in person. It's a very small group in the building, but um, I mm-hmm. like it better than working at home. Yeah. Well, that's good. Sydney, yeah. um, welcome back. Okay, can you guys hear me okay? We- yes. Yeah, okay. we, we planned on just cutting <laughs> from wherever you dropped and then moving into the next question, I guess, whenever you want Okay, to. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Holly, around what time is it on yours? Because my time restarted. Uh, 22.04. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just going to put that down so you, we can edit it later. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. actually perfect because I just responded to the question, so you can just pick up at number four. Perfect, perfect. Um, Actually, I'll, I have a different question for that one, Um, but I'll just okay. jump into it. Um, okay. I was curious about your actual role as an HR specialist. So you're within an HR development program. 
Um, is that rotational? Are you like focusing on different areas or is it just like kind of more of a generalist kind of role, I guess? Yeah. So there is, um, about let's, Oh, there's probably 80 of us right now in this program oh, wow. across the country. Okay. So we've got people in Hawaii ranging to people all the way in DC and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Um, we technically are all on payroll with the office down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So they're paying for like, you know, the way where we are and what we're doing and the training and development. So the design of the program with two years is to do about half of that in rotations. Mm-hmm. So that we can gain, you know, kind of exposure to the HR functions. And there's a lot of them within just the government, um, you know, public sector. And then we all have a host command. So my host command is Crane and we are stationed at specific HR offices and have local host bosses. Mm -hmm. So when, when I said earlier, I'm an EEO specialist Mm -hmm. um, at Crane right now, I report to um, the deputy EEO director at at the base. So Mm -hmm. the design of the program is that when we're not rotating, we're with our host commands. We report to them on a day-to-day basis and basically do everything with them. They, they choose what tasking we're working on and all that stuff. And the program office is really just our payroll. Um, and then when we go on rotations our the program, um, coordinators and directors, they send us to different teams, I guess, to practice, you know, to practice a different, uh, area of HR. So right now I'm in a staffing rotation, um, this spring, basically from January to May, um, reporting directly to our team down in, uh, Stennis. So mm-hmm. learning all about that, there's a lot of nuance to it because it's very different. I think from anything, um, that I've seen in the private sector, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot more regulation and like standardization, mm-hmm. um, and less room for like creative, uh, like decision making, like I, we won't ever get to choose how things are being done. If that makes okay. sense, it get those decisions are made at the like really high up, like national level. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that was kind of not surprising, but it, it did kind of throw me for a loop at first because I hadn't really processed like, you know, can we bring you know creative recruiting ideas or can we, you know, realign some of the ways that things are operating, you know, and how things are operating. Like those are all like really like green thumb questions that I was kind of like chewing on. And the more and more that I've gotten into the program, the more I'm realizing, okay, there's a very well-established, um, you know, system and an order of operations and how things go. Um, so learning has learning that process has been kind of the bulk of my work so far in the program. Um, I've been in, uh, the program since September of 2020. Yeah. So I think about six months, if my math checks out, that's probably some HR math. Gotcha. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So for now rotating, I'll have a couple more rotations before the end of the program. Um, but then the design of the program is that after the two years is up, we graduate and are placed in um, either the commands that we were working in, or we can go apply for like other like federal positions if we want. Okay. Um so it's kind of, yeah, it, it's labeled as an internship for funding purposes and all that. But mm-hmm. functionally, we are, you know, full time working just like everybody else. We're just mm-hmm. in a training space. Gotcha. Gotcha. I so say that seems like such a great opportunity. I like I love all the different like HR, you know, rotational or development programs. Um, I say once you're out of it, like you'll have so much knowledge about HR. So that is super um, exciting. I say, do you, do you see yourself in the future going back to the private sector or kind of staying in the public? 
sector? That I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll <laughs> I, see. <laughs> I, think, I think if you were to quote me from like at least three years ago when I was in school and I was taking classes, because like SPIA, one of, the, one of my favorite things about like doing classes at SPIA was learning like public, private, and nonprofit sector um, kind of nuances for almost every class. Like we always talked about all the three, you know, how they, how they were different or how they were the same. Um, and for now, like I've enjoyed working, you know, for the federal government, it's, it's definitely different than what I would have anticipated, um, in that, you know, there are systems that have been in place for years and years and years. And in, you know, the department of defense, we have technologies that are sometimes older than, you know, me, which is, <laughs> you know, it's funny to think about, cause in the private sector, you know, oftentimes they migrate to technologies faster and all that, um, yeah, so there's I think there's there's plus sides and there's downsides. I right now I'm I'm happy to keep learning and I'm I'm definitely um, excited to see where this program takes me. But I yeah I don't I couldn't say in the future what happens exactly mm-hmm. yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not something I I guess I dwell on a ton right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to you know make the most of the opportunity that I've got in front of me and then um, continue to do the work um, personally and professionally to um, chase after. We talk about passions a lot, but like t- chase after like opportunities that like are excited and give me energy. Um, that's something that, that matters to me a lot. Mm-hmm. So whether that's public, private or nonprofit or something mm-hmm. else, um, I'm kind of open, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, any questions about the future? I feel like now more than ever is just, um, it's all up in the air. I mean, I'm sure Sydney's <laughs> yeah. uh, probably tired of people saying, oh, you know, what are you doing after school? You know, it just, yeah. I, no I one know. Really knows what's going to happen. <laughs> so, um, no, it's cool that um, you have this avenue to kind of see where it takes you. So, um, and speaking of um, the different opportunities and finding passions, like, do you have any advice for students or even grads um, that are struggling to find a full-time role in HR? Shoot. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I don't know how, how helpful or useful this may be, mm-hmm. but for me, it was helpful to apply for a ton of opportunities. Um, I was watching job boards um, when I was in school. I was watching job boards when I said yes to the job that I took, you know, right out of school. And I was watching job boards as I, you know, navigated that first year of service, like trying to figure out, is this a job that I enjoy? Is there something else that I'm looking for? Um, because, you know, not everybody's sure. I wasn't sure, you know, even until I really had an idea of what that career path looked like that I started on um, for HR. So that's something I would encourage you to like, it can be easy to like, kind of like pigeonhole into the idea that's like, I need to start in HR, I have to start in a position that has a good job title, um, whether it be like a generalist or a specialist or um, cause I know for me, I was like shied away from like looking at like HR admin positions or HR assistance, mm-hmm. um, for small companies and stuff. But I know the more and more that I realized like I wanted to get into human resources, like the less and less that I kind of, I guess, held my ego at, you know, let my ego like stop me from applying for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, when I was looking for the opportunities to, to move into HR from just general, you know, business admin. Um, it was every opportunity that I saw, I just shot an application over, which led to, you know, great experience doing interviews, even if it was for companies that I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to work for or opportunities that I didn't know would pan out. Um, it was good for me to at least go through the process because I was able to get better and better at articulating myself. Um, and uh, which led to, you know, by the time I was 
finding this opportunity that I ended up accepting, like I felt pretty confident, you know, talking to recruiters and, and especially like learning how to guide myself through the, like an interview, like you can, um, you can, you know, participate in an interview and, and just let it come to you. Or you can like learn how to like kind of steer the conversation in a direction that allows you to kind of flex what you're good at and articulate why you might be, you know, the right person for the job or the skill set that you bring to solve the problem that they're trying to hire for. Um, that would be if there is a nugget in there, <laughs> which there may or may not be. Um, one of one of the things that I heard from somebody, I think on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. was um, just ask the recruiter as you're getting started, you know, whether it be in the email process of setting up an interview or, you know, if you're in that point where you're like talking to someone real, that's like, that's great. <laughs> um, but once you get to that point, like, digging with them to figure out what do they need like why are they hiring somebody what's the problem what's the opportunity they're trying to chase like do they have just more work than they can handle or do they have work that's not getting done at all um are they trying to add someone with a different skill set to their team than they currently have because oftentimes the recruiters that i was talking to would tell me and then that really really helped me gauge kind of how i discussed myself as I related to the position and it also helped me figure out, you know, do I want to actually pursue this? Mm-hmm. So that's when I would say like figuring out once you get to that, you know, cause I can't tell you how to get to the point where you're talking to a human. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard you guys, you guys have a lot of really good things to say about networking within, you know, LinkedIn or just in, on Facebook groups or, you know, mm-hmm. personal connections that connect you to people. Like once you get that face to face, like that's great. Um, and, and when that lines up with the job opportunity, then you can start to dig into more like, what does this company need from me? Mm-hmm. No, that point you made about, you know, why are they hiring for this position? I had never really like kind of heard that out loud. And I think that mm-hmm. honestly, that's one of the most like helpful things I've heard yet. So this is great because the fun thing about having guests on this show is that not only are we hoping that this helps people, but we're also learning along the way. So I thought that was mm-hmm. so cool. I just wanted to to point that out um yeah no that's mm-hmm. great. I said that that's definitely something I'm gonna use because like I'm in the process like myself right now so I will be asking recruiters that so thank you Joshua <laughs> that was very helpful yeah. advice it helped me to at least help in one person so yeah. thank you for that I have, um Cindy can I yeah, ask one more thing real quick so I'm also thinking like um I'm only a month into my career, so I don't think I have any room to share advice, but you made a point about, um, don't look too much into the job title. And honestly, like Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that play out because there are endless opportunities. I'm in a generalist kind of role and I'm touching a lot of different things right now that I didn't think a generalist would. Um, and also the company is kind of fostering, like an environment where I can learn more things beyond my responsibilities. So I just wanted to kind of like emphasize that because a lot of job titles can kind of steer you away from opportunities, but honestly, um, you know, there's more to it than my, what be described. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I tell yeah. you that too? Um, something that happened in my search process was, um, and this is, I guess, just, to give I, hope there's hope <laughs> um, there was a job that I that I was looking at and it was a local job in the government um, for HR mm-hmm. and it was an HR assistant position that was what they had listed and I'm you know at that point I had already kind of decided that I was just going to shoot my you know shoot my shot with with any opportunity that you know was in the bucket of HR that I, that I was looking at um, 
And by the time that they actually got to the interview process, they had changed the job. They, well, A, the job posting disappeared, right? I, I applied for it, didn't hear anything for a while. I didn't dwell on it or anything. You know, you just keep keep moving along. Mm-hmm. And by the time they reached out, they, they were like, hey, uh, we posted this as an HR admin position, an assistant position uh, initially. But depending on the candidates, like we actually realize now that there's more work that we can add to that. Like there's more tasking and more responsibilities that we can tack on and make it more of like a, you know, a generalist position or like a strategy position. Even they were like, we need decisions to be made and we need help kind of brainstorming how to you know solve some of our like long term issues. Mm-hmm. And we're happy to change the description of the title, you know, the title <laughs> and or the, the responsibilities. Um, and all that happened after, you know, the fact of closing the the posting down as an admin position um, and something that I thought would have been, you know, really like kind of, you know, dry and assistant, you know, mm-hmm. business assistant sort of thing. So that could could be hopeful I don't know (laughs) no definitely Um, but yeah it does happen yeah and I feel like sometimes this is kind of relating to that like you can get in a job that maybe doesn't have that many like responsibilities and kind of change the job while you're in it if Uh that makes sense so like they literally change the job description because you have so much to add to the table so maybe you're Mm -hmm. not it's not starting off as something that you necessarily like love and is like your dream like entry level job you know um but like you know using like your education and experience that you have you can really make a role your own so um so don't be discouraged basically by the job title is what we're trying to say because there's so many HR job titles out there like when I tell people what I want to be I'm like I don't know an HR coordinator specialist generalist like there's so many so Mm -hmm. look through all of them they're all they're all great (laughs) Um, But going into the last question, um, when I was thinking of some questions to ask you or just some topics to speak about, I thought of this one post that you made, I think like a couple or is a year ago um, on LinkedIn. And I just thought it was an incredible post. And in it, you kind of talked about your senior, you touched on this a little bit earlier, going into your senior year, you made three goals to push yourself out of your comfort zone professionally. Um, It was reading something every day saying yes to networking opportunities and applying for jobs at some of the biggest and best companies in the U.S. And then you talk about how like it brought a lot of stress, but it still brought so many opportunities and just really becoming involved in like SPIA and making these, you know, relationships. So I would just love if you could talk more just about, you know, your personal development that you like your senior year and how it's impacted you like and your career now so like everything that you did in school like how did that help you now I guess is what I'm asking yeah um (laughs) I was going really hard on LinkedIn at that point (laughs) I remember I like I had set myself like a schedule like I was I I didn't necessarily have a posting schedule but I had like a work schedule on my own I'd work for like a certain number of hours a week on like trying to craft these posts that I thought would help me stand out to the world um (laughs) which uh, yeah, it, I enjoy writing. So it was like fun to do. Mm-hmm. But in that so in that time and space, one of the things that I did as I was like, um, kind of deciding on a major because the thing that existed before that was I found out that I really, really love like organizational innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like leadership theory was kind of like, that's the bucket I put everything that I was kind of passionate about at the time. Um, and that kind of came through like, on my own time, like I started reading and I worked in um, landscaping in the summers, like during school and sometimes like part-time during the semesters, um, which gave me a ton of time to like do audiobooks and listen to podcasts and all that sort of thing. So my like reading journey started my junior year and I like 
I had a roommate at the time who was really into reading, which, which honestly helped a lot, mm-hmm. but like setting aside the time and the space, like I knew when I was going to work, like I was going to be sitting on the mower for eight hours or more. Like <laughs> I could just like pump through audiobooks yeah. and like, and, and taking a, like taking the steps, like invest in that. Like it was just audible, but like mm-hmm. the amount of books I was able to get through, like just because of the time and space that I had was like super transformational, transformational in my like professional development. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the things that I was able to kind of stumble upon was like based on recommendations from professors or from leaders that I looked up to or mentors who had kind of challenged me to like, hey, like check this book out. Like, let's talk about it over coffee sometime, like in a month, like go, go, you know, <laughs> here's a book, read it, go. We'll talk about it later. Um, by the time I was getting to all the like major classes for the human resource like program mm-hmm. in school, I had read um, like like basically that year I did about a book a week. Um, and the only reason I was able to do that was because the audiobooks and like I had, you know, <laughs> about 40 hours a week to just grind with, you know, that environment where I was by myself and could listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and these books. Um, by the time I got into classes, I had read a book relating to like the class or the chapters. Like most of the time when we were reading through these different like textbooks and stuff, I had read a book by someone in the industry who was like an expert on that thing mm-hmm. already. And wow. it made classes super fun. Um, and that's probably really annoying for some people because, you know, if like, if there was something that I had based on like, you know, Cheryl's talking and she's going off on a tangent and and we're loving it. Um, but I had read a book that related to it. So I'd ask some random question based on that. And and then we'd get off on another tangent because of that. Like it made my like school experience like way more fun. And Mm -hmm. like, because I was kind of already kind of nerding out about it on my own. (laughs) Um, and then professionally what that kind of like helped me kind of stage, myself for professionally was like just getting into whatever your job is like whatever you need to be good at for your job like if you can deep dive into that especially starting out like with something that you don't like I didn't know anything about you know government contract writing um, (laughs) or anything like that when I started but I I knew like when I started that job I needed to get good at it and with a team with a team that was basically pushing us like hey own your work like Mm -hmm. we're gonna obviously like train you but you need to like take ownership of like growing and developing and learning as much as you can, because that's going to, you know, sharpen your stick for when we need you to actually, you know, you, you know, you need to be the person that answers the call. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I like still am like trying to work on uh, the program that I'm in because it's kind of, it's not all over the place, obviously, but with rot- rotating every, you know, few months um, I'm getting more of a general like perspective. So I focused most of my like professional development on other things like, that I'm interested in, like the real estate development thing. Like Mm -hmm. that's something that I found in college and I started like listening and watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts and reading books about people who were like really successful in business and what they like to do in their spare time and how they kind of help create generational wealth. And that was an area, you know, one opportunity for them to capitalize on something I've grown to enjoy more and more. So like that's a balance now, like Mm -hmm. that I try to add in, like, yes, I have the things that I'm doing at work and I'm trying to, you know, become the best employee that I can. But there's other things that I want to be working on for my own, you know, personal growth and the things that I want to accomplish in life, you know, outside of work. Um, and I don't know, for me, it's always been fun to like mess with house stuff. So <laughs> doing demolition and replacing <laughs> flooring and all that random stuff. It's, like, it's not like normal. <laughs> like I'm not going to ever be a professional at that, at this sort of thing, you know, but mm-hmm. for me, it's an outlet. It's fun. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to make time, like balancing yes, like career is important. And I like out of school, like I thought like, yeah, once I get that job, you know, everything will be great. It'll be super fun. I'll always be entertained. And like, I'll just, you know, get to like, love my work all the time. And 
works only 40 hours a week like <laughs> like i know not not for everybody mm-hmm. but like the current position i'm in like we don't do overtime the government like is very regulated just based on the funding how much you can or can't work mm-hmm. in that you know specific job um so when i'm done i'm done like i don't get to bring it home with me even you know even in a work from home environment yeah. um so filling my time outside of that with things that give me energy that i really enjoy learning more about and talking about with other people that's been something that i've learned is super important especially as a young professional mm-hmm. um Cause like ultimately work, there's a lot of things that are just out of your control. Right. And if you put all your, like, you know, all your emotions or all your eggs in, in the basket there and, and something doesn't go well, like you, you could have your whole day ruined or your whole week or month or whatever, based on, you know, things that may be completely outside of your control. But I've just found like, it's really nice to like lean on the things that um, give me energy outside of work too. And, and kind of balancing all of those things like is something that, I think just adds more like richness to like just life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love that. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm feeling like I'm feeling so motivated now. <laughs> like I need to go read a book. I need to set some personal development goals. I feel like I have so many like HR books, but like I'm such a fiction person that, or yeah, such a fiction person that I like, I find it hard sometimes to read HR books, but I definitely want to get, you know, back on that grind. Um, the last quick question um, Say, what's your favorite HR book? Like, or mm. if you can list a couple, like, I mean, I'm interested in what you're reading. Yeah. So as of, in terms of what I read, like these days, it's not as much HR related, mm-hmm. but I think when I was in school, my favorite, a couple of favorites, um, first break all the rules, which okay. was just, it's just a classic, like kind of pushing against like management theory. And they kind of walk through some like of the classical like management arguments that people would make based on absolutely no science or data. And then Gallup, you know, the organization did all this research and put together, you know, a great like study on like maybe these myths, these like common practices I say with air quotes mm-hmm. are actually myths. And like, it's not the best way to do it because the best leaders out there, the best managers out there may not actually care at all about what these like, you know, classic arguments for managing people are or organizations. Mm-hmm. So that one was good. And then I don't, I don't know how much it stands up at, like today as it did, you know, just based on the context of I, I enjoyed reading it, but mm-hmm. Good to Great was a great book for me um, mm-hmm. when I was in school. Um, another one in that same vein, uh, How Full Is Your Bucket? That one's really good. I can, and I'll, I'll send you like the, the, the authors. Cause I don't remember all the authors that I, that I read. Like I don't normally pay attention to that, but <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a few that I've enjoyed, um, that I go back to, um, just to kind of reference as I'm processing things or trying to like chew on something new. Gotcha. I said, I'm literally on Goodreads right now. Like looking these, <laughs> out of my yeah. <laughs> I will always be asking Joshua for recommendations from now on. I'm sure you got a whole list going. <laughs> no, I think it's great. Everything that we've touched on is completely relevant. And, um, I think another important thing to kind of, um, wrap things up with is that, um, finding a job is kind of like a, um, kind of like a part-time job almost. I mean, once you're in school, you got to book at least like a few hours every week to, to focus on that. It is, Mm -hmm. it's like a whole nother class, but it's super important. And if you dedicate that much time, then you'll be able to land an opportunity like you have. So, um, everything that Mm -hmm. we touched on here again, super relevant and, um, it's just very helpful. And I know, I'll speak for me, but I'm sure Sydney too, will take a lot with us um, from this mm-hmm. episode. So we just appreciate for your sure. time so much. And um, Joshua, where can people reach out to you um, to connect? 
Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, my email, we can drop it in the in the description below because yeah. this is a podcast. There we go. Um, <laughs> just first and last name at gmail.com. Um, I don't post a ton on LinkedIn these days. I'm not doing a ton of writing. But yeah, if anybody listening to this is looking for opportunities or you're in the school process or you're you know, trying to figure out what's next or you just want to, you know, an encouraging word, feel free to reach out. I, I'm happy to connect. Uh, over some coffee or tea uh, in this virtual environment it's it's very convenient so yeah uh, just thanks for having me on and letting me <laughs> ramble for a little bit um, yeah to those that are listening thanks yeah for absolutely in. we'll yeah. definitely be able to connect all those links um, in the bio when we post this and again Joshua thanks so much um, for joining us and this mm-hmm. has been HR Sessions with Holly Reeser and Sydney Evans Woo! Woo!